Hello, good Saturday to you. It's Chappie, the British Butler. That's my name. That's my game. I have to apologise. I, I mean, I do have to sincerely, sincerely apologise. I, uh, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't put on my usual attire. I, I don't have the morning suit or the morning jacket. My shirt isn't pressed today. There's no bow tie. There's not even an. There's not even a cravat. Not even an ascot. It's a rather sweaty, grey t-shirt that I have on, and I feel terrible. But it, it made me think, though, that uh, male deodorant isn't as good and doesn't smell as nice as female deodorant. So I use ladies' deodorant. I mean, all the all of the insights you get into the sort of butler's nook the butler's pantry the butler's life on this podcast i mean everything is uh, fair game uh but yes yeah, so i've uh, I, I have freshened myself up with a little bit of uh, dove lady stick under the arm so you know i got that fresh sort of uh, smell covering up uh, some rather sort of smelly indiscretions now they don't smell like a teenage boy by any means i think i've got past that point you know that sort of stale smell of the bedroom and old socks that you really want to pick up with uh the things that you would uh you know pick up leaves with maybe on an autumnal day you don't get too close to it as you pick up the sock now was that on the foot or Maybe anyway. So here we are again. It's Saturday. It was steaming hot yesterday. I nearly put the seersucker suit on. I I, I did consider putting the seersucker suit on, um, but uh, went for a little white number with an anchor on it. Hello, sailor. Yeah, there was a little bit of that going on, but uh, but uh, you know, felt very very manly. Uh, very uh, testosterone fueled in my little anchor shirt. I don't have uh, I don't have matching uh, budgie smugglers or anything along those lines with the anchors on, because you wouldn't want to uh, drop anchor anywhere with uh, budgie smugglers with an anchor on it. You know, any essence of a sailor with a minimal piece of cloth covering the altogether is not particularly good and uh, you know you don't want to give people the wrong idea you know don't want to do that not selling like jam jars or anything too fruity so I had to uh, pull out uh, Petit Baby Lapin from Maggie's mouth now I think they tag teamed in Killing a Baby Bunny this morning the uh, I mean it, I don't I mean, there's so many bunnies around. They're, they're literally at it like rabbits at the moment. Uh, but I do hate to see... Uh, I do hate to see Queen George kill a rabbit. I think it was her. I think she was the culprit. Um, I mean, they don't eat them, thank God. But still, it's rather distressing uh, seeing, uh, seeing the baby lapin and then, then playing, with, uh, playing with it. So, you know, that that that's really hasn't started my day off on a particularly good note um i i mean i would love to have uh maybe a greg sausage roll right now i think that would make me feel a lot better 
but they, you can't get a good sausage roll uh, in uh, in America. I haven't seen them. I mean, maybe maybe one of these English pubs might do a sausage roll. I would love a sausage roll though. Um, and and for you uh, Americans or anybody out there who probably didn't know what the sausage roll is, not some sort of weird boarding school euphemism or anything like that. It is a puff pastry with sausage in there. All sausage meat in there, it's seasoned. It's rather wonderful. Uh, but that that would be uh, that would that would cheer me up immensely, I think. Um, but you know, I smell a little bit like ladies' deodorant and uh, sage uh, sausage stuffing then as well. So that that would be a perfect start to uh, to a Saturday for me. So episode eighty-five of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Don't worry, I checked with uh, the people who take the notes on the show, and it is uh, episode eighty-five. So these are some of the things that we may or may not be talking about. We have an enigmatic English eccentric. We have hunks in trunks with trucks. Um, that'll get the ladies listening. And I think the majority of my audience seems to be female. So I, I think I need to be a little bit more testosterone fueled in my, um, in my podcast here. You know, a little bit more adrenaline, a little bit muscular. Um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe shave my hair, wear the Bruce Willis vest. All of that may be uh, good. The shower padded with alpaca fur. We never talked about that. Urban foraging. Uh, my solution to a COVID issue that I talked about but never hit, talked about in more detail on the podcast yesterday. And I know this is very frustrating. There's people out there taking copious notes of the podcast. And, uh, and they're saying, well, you, well, you mentioned is it something I said? Well, I said, look, the subjects will appear at some point on the podcast some point um summer is different coming we didn't talk about the coffee versus tea breath uh we have a blocked uh toilet and blocked pipe causing uh, havoc in a north norfolk town um we uh, never talked about i know i brought this sprinkling carbon on cows oh thank you very much thank you thank you thank you uh also also smearing myself with essence of something as well a farmer fights male chauvinist pigs. It's not what you think. Um, also, uh, the uh, the whole line of duty thing. It, it was a little bit disappointing in the end. Little bit, little bit disappointing. Uh, the uh, the whole uh, line of duty, which is a, a police-based TV show. Uh, there was a strange doormat incident. We have more suburban crimes on the podcast today. Uh, there's a, a rather slippery type of crime, and there's uh, something that I, I don't even know if I'd call it a crime. I think something just went, maybe went missing, potentially. Uh, furious knickersellers say French PM has got his priorities in a twist. Now, you never want twisted knickers, trust me. Uh, wild donkeys and horses dig wells that provide water to a host of desert species. Scientists are relocating nuisance beavers. Uh, this will help the fish. <laughs> I mean, what a headline that is. Uh, also, we have a, a more trumple trombone. Uh, as always, we have a, a fully packed uh, to the rafters show. I saw what I saw was almost like a gold ingot in my mind. It excited me tremendously, and I saw a picture of this. We'll be talking about that uh, later as well. Um, and also, uh, Trader Joe's products, chefs secretly love. Uh, I mean, Trader Joe's is absolutely magnificent. I wish we were one a little bit closer to me, uh, but they have some amazing things. I mean, let me just paint this picture for you. Uh, we've got 
uh, pretzels, peanut butter filled pretzels, covered in chocolat. I mean, that, if anything, uh, if anything wants, you know, we talk about what I would like when I finally hit the mortal coil, um, is I, I do think that I want uh, to have chocolate filled pretzels scattered in my coffin. I mean, just in case, you know, you get one final lick of something, I think it would be a chocolate-filled pretzel is what I'd want to lick. So lots of people are very impressed with jewels and rubies and diamonds and sapphires and everything else. Gold, bars of gold ingots like in Goldfinger. Or the uh, collection that they found up in the Tibetan. I mean, I think it was a Tibetan monastery. Or uh, I think it was a monastery in Wistiristan um, in... Uh, in the Himalayas for uh, the man who would be king, which is, I have to say, one of the best movies. It's Connery and Kane. It's absolutely wonderful. It's a wondrous movie, the man who would be king. Um, but they, they go into, uh, they think that Connery's Alexander the Great and um, they're worshipping him, basically. I mean, he, he, he gets shot with an arrow and survives. But... If there's anything, anything at all, that's more wondrous than a piece of bread with thick butter spread all over it. I mean, this is my issue. I mean, I'd love to do the whole keto thing. And I try. Now and again, I make sort of keto meals. Or try to. But it's a bread with a butter on it. And I saw... I mean, I love a butter dish for a start. Um, and I have a little gold butter dish. It makes me think that I'm in sort of a Fort Knox of butter, basically. And uh, I love it so much. And you lift it up and the beautiful, like, Irish salted butter is underneath. But I saw a butter dish the other day that was transparent. And it was reflective. And as you imagine if you walk into like Tutankhamun's jewel room with the gold like dazzling off the sunlight, you know, in the uh, around the tombs of the pharaohs, Valley of the Kings. I mean, that's what it was. It, it, was, it was shining up into my eyes, this butter dish, resplendent, transparent, with the gold goodness underneath. And it made me think, I do need a transparent butter dish. I think this could change my life. But you see this sparkling glints into your eye. The butter shines off the butter dish. And you think, I need some crusty bread. I mean, I think it would be as tempting as maybe frozen custard. or It's almost like a tempting nymph. That's what it is. It's a, the butter and the crusty bread is like a tempting nymph. And it makes me, you know, want to spread it all over. Not myself, obviously, but the bread. And I think the transparent butter dish could be the way forward. But I, th I think it would be bedazzling for me. And it would make me unable to even uh, consider going carb-free or keto or Atkins diet, all of that. I mean, if I can find something else to spread the butter on, so much the better. I think that would be my rescue. Coffee and tea breath. 
some of the most hideous and heinous crimes imaginable. But why does coffee make your breath so bad? Well into a second cup of coffee, your co-worker leans in to whisper something to you. But rather than sharing the latest office gossip, he inadvertently shares something else. Coffee breath or tea breath. One whiff of it is enough to make you run for the door and feel a little paranoid about your own breath. Now that you've had your own fill of coffee too. Coffee breath is a relatively common phenomenon. One that plagues coffee lovers and tea lovers all over the world. But why does coffee and tea breath make your breath smell so bad? For starters, the coffee can cause uh, xerostomia. I mean, it sounds like um, it, it sounds like a Russian uh, appetizer, more commonly known as dry mouth, because coffee contains caffeine up to 200 milligrams in a single eight ounce or 237 milliliter cup. One of the chief culprits of the decreased saliva is in turn a dry mouth. Having a dry mouth is more than an inconvenience. When there is not enough saliva, the conditions are ripe for bacteria and fungi to thrive. Smells, sounds like something where you grow mushrooms. And this can lead to bad breath. Plus, a lack of saliva can also make one difficult to wash away and digest particles of food clinging to the tongue or teeth, and it can promote tooth decay. The type of coffee or tea you drink can heighten its effect on your breath. For example, an espresso containing concentrated dose of 75 milligrams of caffeine per ounce will give you hardcore coffee breath. The same with an extra strong uh, type of English breakfast tea, and probably like my PG tips. Not only because of its caffeinated qualities, but also its intense flavor will linger. In fact, most bad breath follows a general rule of thumb. The more potent the smell of liquid or food that is ingested, the more potent it is on your breath. The same reasons why eating garlic and onions will lend your breath an unsavory smell for hours on end. The other cause behind coffee breath isn't actually your coffee, it's what you put in it. Loading up a cup of coffee with milk and cream, or tea in with cream or milk, is artificially flavored non-dairy creamer, fuels the overgrowth of bacteria in your mouth. Stirring in sugar, an ingredient in which bacteria will thrive, will put bacteria into overdrive. It makes matters worse. Coffee is highly acidic, yet another condition that causes bacteria to reproduce it with alarming efficiency. One solution to combat coffee and tea breath is to drink a watered-down cup of coffee without added cream or sugar. As unappealing as it may sound, it could mean the difference between stinky or manageable breath. Another idea is to switch to tea. Although it still makes your breath stink, hot, uh, still caffeinated up to 70 milligrams per serving, tea is far less acidic than coffee and won't cause the same bad mouth odors. So if you can't manage a cup of Joe, have a cup of Charlie instead. So I mean, I, I think the, the whole the whole question here is is the, the joust between coffee and tea breath, and it looks like it does look like that tea. Is, uh, is a little bit more useful when it comes to, uh, you know, maintaining a rather fresh breath. Also, carry some toothpaste, you know, rub some toothpaste into your tongue. Or even better, carry the tongue scraper. I mean, it's perfect. I mean, for a suit jacket, you can carry a tongue scraper and scrape off all that fungi, bacteria, umskadert, off your tongue, into a cup, and then you have fresher breath. So, ladies and gentlemen, I give to you the tongue scraper. So in the era of Zoom and Twitch, while everybody's got a microphone now, everybody's doing a podcast, 
I mean, including my dear self. I mean, I'm not just sitting here for the uh, fun of it all. Although, you know, I don't mind talking to myself. Many think that I should be put into an insane asylum for doing it. Uh, but the sound quality is a tough thing. You know, I, I, I because of uh, being a little bit more hessute, I think having probably a hairy back uh, does protect the sound quality from the back. Um, you know, a hairy arms, every, extra hair does help. But I'm, I am considering uh, padding my shower uh, and, and recording the podcast in the shower while standing up. I don't know if I'm going to run the shower at the same time. But I, I, if I think if I pack the shower with alpaca fur, then, uh, then it will help the sound quality and help the resonance. You know, make it sound more uh, syrupy, more warm. All of that will be absolutely marvellous. So... I, I don't know the whole situation with alpaca fur. So if I actually record the podcast whilst having a shower uh, and then the alpaca fur gets wet, will I end up making the house and myself smell smelling like a wet alpaca? Now, is a wet alpaca uh, as bad as a wet dog smell? Because there's nothing worse than a wet dog smell. And it doesn't matter what, how much ladies' deodorant I use, I don't think I'll be able to get the wet alpaca fur smell out of my house and out of the essence of me so that's my concern a richer sounding podcast uh versus smelling like a wet alpaca welcome to suburban crimes it's your host chappie on the help desk here and we have some more heinous awful crimes that have happened in suburbia this week coming up uh, first on the oki today we have the missing doormat here's the story and the reconstruction a couple of days ago, we got our doormat stolen. Sometime around the night. Weird, right? Well, a couple of days later this morning, I left for work. And now it's at the front of my next door neighbor's apartment. Not sure whether to assume she stole it or not, but found it very strange and not sure how to handle the situation. Here are some of the responses. Are you sure the wind didn't blow it away and then someone mistakenly put it back at your neighbor's door? Either way, it wouldn't hurt to ask your neighbor. It's indoors. Somebody may have played a prank on you. Pesky kids, take it back. Maybe she bought the same mat after seeing how cute it looked at your house. Maybe the homeowners association is demanding the same doormats. Same exact doormat? I have a picture from when DoorDash left my food and my mat about a year old so it's frayed in some places so I can see the same defects the one in front of her door no HOA it's an apartment complex but I'm leaning towards the prank rather than her stealing it so we're back at the suburban crime desk here and we have a rather slippery slivery crime anybody else have snakes we have snakes inside I'm freaking out we found a little one last year in the basement took it outside found another took it further outside than nothing until a few weeks ago they must have had a nest i found one on top of the ironing board i found one in the basement both of them taken outside now there's two on the main level of the workout room my hubby and daughter are not home i'm not touching them ooh 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 i know they eat mice i'm gonna lose control if they sliver through my couch i mean i think the key here is to go and see the same therapist 
that Indiana Jones went to see a couple of uh, decades ago to get over his fear of the snake. I mean, as a good therapist, I mean, it can also help you with large, huge boulders rolling towards you, uh, uh, spiders as well, uh, and also uh, any uh, former Nazis who may be wandering around the neighborhood and you have fear of uh, former Nazis. They, uh, this therapy will help you for that as well. And that's our Suburban Help Desk Crimes this week. More next week. Remember those pesky things, uh, born slivery and slippy. So on the podcast, we go from bad breath to slippery snakes to lovers liberated after lockdown sparks explosion. As lockdown restrictions ease, many newly liberated Britons are planning trips to the pub or beach. Others appear keener on heading to the bedroom. After a lonely winter of enforced self-denial, doctors and dating agencies are reporting a waking up of sexual activity. With rapidly increasing demands for condoms, morning after pills and medical treatments for a much older form of infection than COVID-19 sexually transmitted diseases. This is not a major sex fest going on, noted Dr. Jane Dixon, a consultant in sexual and reproductive health at Oran Bevan University Health Board in Newport, South Wales. It's just that people are awakening and seeing other people and dating and hooking up again. In a fortnight after April 12th loosening, I mean, don't tell me they've got statistics on how many people are having sex after April 12th. Outdoor pubs, restaurants and other public venues, sales of the morning after pill jumped 23% compared to the previous fortnight, according to Lloyd's Pharmacy. And uh, traditional STIs were having a resurgence too. Online dating services have reported a rise in users uh, announcing their vaccination status as a lure for potential new partners. Double masking, social distancing, <laughs> double masking and double bagging should be the way forward here. Is vaccinated is the new tall, dark, handsome. So if you're tall, dark, handsome, you double bag, double mask and socially distance, you're going to get a date. Some users have posted a, a syringe emoji emphasizing their health awareness. Others seem unusually happy that prospective partners want to wear a mask during sex. Maybe a mask with a hole and hopefully not a GIMPS mask. Data from OKCupid's site suggests that users who respond yes to the question, will you get the COVID vaccine, increase their chances of finding a date. Although the government continues to restrict indoor meetings between strangers. I mean, I wonder if the indoor meetings, I mean, does that extend to glory holes? Has has the whole glory hole situation improved during, during COVID? You know, you can't get too close, but you can stick your appendage for a hole under government plans it won't be until june 21st at the earliest that all restrictions and social contact are formally lifted professor jonathan von tram the deputy medical officer said it would be incredibly safe for two fully uh, safe for two fully vaccinated people to meet indoors hold the line a teeny bit longer i mean if, if they're horny though can they hold the line anymore who knows there's been a surge for demand of emergency contraception from pharmacies with surge of inquiries of the morning after pill. Clearly people are feeling more comfortable to be sexually active and they're incredibly horny. People are just more in the environment where it's possible to have unplanned sex again. Uh, we regularly hear from women who are facing unplanned pregnancies 
not not least of the problems women seeking to presume uh, their po- post pro- or post COVID lives, the rules of the governing agency access to emergency contraception that require face-to-face consultations with pharmacists or doctors. I mean, I thought they were talking about face-to-face consultations on dating apps and the like. So if you have a syringe on there, if you're going to be masked and double-bagged, you're going to find yourself a date, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so we've got an enigmatic Scottish habit today. Eccentric Scottish habit. And we have the World Stone Skimming Championships in Scotland. Uh, a little bit more worthwhile than last week's gurning, but not by much. Stone skimming involves throwing a flat stone in each, in such a way that it bounces repeatedly off the surface of a body of water. Nowhere is this concept more widely embraced than the Hebridean island of Easdale, home to the World Stone Skimming Championships. Started in 1983, the championships see 350 contestants, usually specially selected throwing stones made out of Eastdale slate, with the prize going to the person who can get their stone uh, the furthest, with a minimum of three bounces. So foraging has been become very popular during the whole COVID situation and lockdown. Uh, so we had the, the situation with uh, social distancing, obviously, and you could go out to the woods probably on your own and you could forage for mushrooms. I mean, you just have to be a little bit careful what you're foraging for. Or maybe the elusive Colorado truffle that I'm really training my dogs to be able to find. I mean, we talked about this in a previous podcast. But something has come to my mind what I saw the other day, urban foraging. And again, this isn't some weird euphemism uh, going back to uh, sexploits or anything like that. But I saw a gentleman by the train station here in Colorado, and uh, he was urban foraging. He was uh, digging up and extracting mushrooms that, you know, we have quite a bit of rain recently. And he's extracting mushrooms from the turf around the train station. Um, And... I was watching him for a few minutes and, um, you know, he's putting them into the bag. There's quite a few of them. And then he like lifted one up and offered to sell me these mushrooms. I mean, I'm just wondering, are there Colorado magic mushrooms growing outside a train station? I mean, my fear of like bringing this up on the podcast, not saying my listenership is uh, into millions or even hundreds potentially, um, but I could be starting a gold rush, uh, a magic mushroom gold rush outside of Colorado train stations. Everybody's going to be out there sort of excavating mushrooms, uh, looking for the hallucinogens right by the train tracks. And I mean, it could cause a terrible issue if you like commuting in the morning. There's like a bunch of uh, a bunch of people foraging for uh, hallucinogenic mushrooms outside of Colorado's train stations. I mean, I don't, I, I, I'm just, I mean, I'm hazarding a guess here. They could just be uh, porcinis. You know, you could sprinkle them on the top of your pasta. But I have a feeling he was trying to sell me basically LSD mushrooms. We were talking about resting robot face the other day. And I saw this uh, written by Kate Spicer in the London Times. 
Gwyneth Paltrow uses Xiamen to look less pissed off. The Goop founder, and she's made those balls sex toys, sex toys is using Xiamen, a brand of botulism toxin. Um, when Gwyneth Paltrow writes a statement uh, on the company's homepage, the, you've got the queen of peddling again, uh, a nourishing deep sea algae, alkaline water, meditation crystal washed in the tears of angels. Uniquely purified, describes the superiority of Xiamen, a brand of botulism toxin, the poison used by cosmetic doctors to paralyze the muscles that make wrinkles. As she admits in a recent interview, a teeny drop makes her look less pissed off. Uh, so, like Paltrow, uh, the uh, writer Spicer is looking for a less pissed off face. So, spent a year or two with various injections to lift uh, the resting face, uh, only to be more bitchily, uh, given the more bitchily look, the older that I'm getting. The three main grumpifying areas treated uh, the gabella, aka the two commas between the eyes, the forehead, and the two depressor muscles either side of the lips. Uh, which maybe looked like they had a sad guppy face. It worked for quite some time, uh, but there was an issue with paralyzing the two hangdog muscles at either side of the mouth. All was fine until I tried to look miserable and my entire face crumpled like a paper bag. So Nyla Raja, the doctor who does a lot of these procedures, has uh, uh, five cosmetic medicines practices in London. Uh, calls Paltrow's degrump face achieving positive emotional representation. It's clever, this campaign, because it's not only about the beautification or vanity, it's pitching it more of emotional well-being than beauty. Uh, this tack appeals to a new wider audience, such as women and men, who have toiled on Zoom, seeing reflections of themselves for the last year. Paltrow's hype is a rarity in a business where everybody lies about their Botox use. The uh, truth is where uh, is you can do yoga, water, sleep, goop certified foods, superfood powders, uh, microdosing acupuncture, and a myriad of goop approved wellness hacks. Most actresses and increasing actors have a degree of medical assistance when it comes to these things. Other brave voices occasionally break the Hollywood uh, amata on cosmetic medicine. Sharon Stone, an ambassador for the uh, dermatology pharma group Galderma, a few years back, uh, like Paltrow said, she uh, she did not mention beautifying, youthifying. Uh, I mean, she's a pretty stunning 60-something. Uh, but uh, she, she said that Galderma healed her both physically and psychologically. Um, but she said to ask your doctor, this is what Paltrow said, to ask your doctor about ZMN and FDA-approved uniquely purifying anti-wrinkles injections for frown lines. Uh, so what's next? After the less pissed off face, will it be about the feminist face, which she can show righteous anger? But there's uh, quite a lot of angry women out there at the moment and uh, some angry men. Uh, and uh, this is a hot trend in cosmetic medicine, injecting yourself that came originally from a pig. So here we go again with some more trumpet trombone. So brain reading headphones sense when you're distracted and turn up the volume. Uh, brain reading headphones can tell when you need a break and have been created by a firm. The Enten headset uh, can also turn up noise cancelling functions if it senses you are being distracted. There are sensors in each ear pad which detect the electrical signals to the brain so it can send the data back via Bluetooth uh, to a smartphone app. 
They can also turn your smartphone notifications uh, off too to minimize the distractions when somebody is in the zone. The brain computer interface headphones have been developed by the uh, American firm Neurable. Users will be told when they need a break and at what times of the day they seem to be most productive, which I don't think any time of the day. I need a thought-canceling headphone to stop mid-afternoon chocolate digestive temptations. And a pigeon with gigantic feet baffles internet as people try to suss what's going on. Footage of a pigeon with giant size 18 feet was recorded strolling along a rooftop, baffling witnesses and viewers on social media when the strange video went viral. Uh, the video was uploaded by a TikTok user with a caption having size 18 feet. In the clip, the pigeon is waddling on the roof of the building, looking like it's somehow wearing a giant pair of flippers on its toes. The feet are so large, they look hilarious in proportion to its small body. Also, far from the pigeon toad, the bird feet are also splayed outwards like a clown. And the video has been watched more than 50,000 times, apparently. Well, if the old adage is right, the bigger the feet, the bigger the brain... Uh, then the pigeon wouldn't be able to take off because uh, of paralysis over wondering why its feet is indeed so big. And uh, Hitler enjoyed women peeing on him during sex. The claims were made in a documentary, Hitler's Secret Sex Life. Uh, the tyrant killed himself in 1945 in uh, Berlin. Uh, the evil dictator also liked women to kick him and was addicted to pornography. He sounds such a lovely chap, doesn't he? No, not. Um, Hitler is said to also have had an incestuous relationship. Former Hitler ally Otto Strasser, who later broke with the party, went on to claim the tyrant liked women urinating on him. Apparently, all despots like the golden showers, not elusive as looking for lost Nazi gold. That golden activity was apparently commonplace amongst dictators. Yes, uh, and we do have some breaking news uh, for you, those who are listening on the uh, Butler uh, Special Musical Emporium. Uh, we will be playing Golden now, uh, but instead uh, we're going to lower your blood pressure with a little bit of watermelon sugar. And a woman is suing a company after a penis bomb from pranksters explodes in her face. The woman from New York in the US received a spring-loaded missile from the company Ruined Days, which shot out hundreds of penis-shaped confetti pieces, and she was shocked by it. She was shocked to receive the spring-loaded missile, which shoots out hundreds of phallic confetti shapes. The uh, package was designed by Ruined Days, an American company that sends pranked items in smelly poop boxes. Other uh, items it sells includes penis-shaped sweets, spring-loaded glitter poop, and sperm bombs. Uh, the uh, firm claims its items are 100% anonymous and uh, indeed secure. I mean, these incendiary devices are deadly. Uh, seemingly an air-to-hair surface missile. Sandringham Bitter, a pint of the unusual, please, Your Majesty. Visions of the monarch propping up the bar in an East Anglian local may be seen as evidence that uh, you have a few too many. Uh, but while she may not be pulling the pints uh, herself, the Queen has launched her own beer. Brewed with plants grown on the Royal Norfolk estate in Norfolk Sandringham, Bitter is now on the shelves of the property gift shop, which has recently opened after easing the coronavirus lockdown measures. 
Buckingham Palace has confirmed that the Queen has moved into brewing with two bitters produced using organic laureate spring barley harvested from her gardens and the spring water drawn by a nearby borehole. Prince Philip, who died last month, was reputed to be a drinker of the real ale. He was said to have been especially partial to the Boddington's Best Bitter and have been crestfallen when the original brewery in Manchester closed 16 years ago. The Queen's effort, Sandringham Bitter, costs £3.99, 500ml bottle, which is about 2.5 fluid ounces short of a pint, and is made in the Barsham Brewery. The Queen is entering the crowded market of uh, microbrewing with two varieties of bitter, a 4.3% Best 5% Golden IPA. The Best Bitter is cold-filtered traditionally brewed beer, uh, made using three different varieties of hops. The Golden IPA is a cold-filtered amber-coloured ale, also produced with three types of hop, a subtle yet strong flavour. Labels of the bottles bear the Sandringham uh, name with drawings of a pheasant and also a hare. I mean, the Prince of Wales has moved into making gin using heritage grains grown at Highgrove. Highgrove gin is described as being beautifully bright with abundant notes of delicate garden herbs such as lemon verbana, thyme and rosemary with a delightful aroma and flavour. The Duke of Edinburgh is reported to have preferred beer on almost all occasions. He was said to have grumbled at the Giuliano Ameto, the former Prime Minister, at dinner who offered him a glass of fine wine. Get me a beer. I don't care what it is. Just get me a beer. So we have a a slight uh, dilemma in a a Norfolk town in the UK. Uh, There's been a rather huge, uh, some would call medieval blockage, or a bootiful blockage, uh, some might say. So all week, um, my uh, my father has been having a few problems. Well, not his usual problems, um, but uh, uh, some rather slightly discreet problems uh, in his uh, near one of his uh, one of his residences. Um, there has been a situation of an overflowing uh, pipe, a pipe that's uh, been blocked. And uh, all through the week, he has uh, been on the phone uh, to, you know, to the water company, local water company. And uh, it's, it's been found that there's almost a, um, what I like to call, uh, it's not a fatberg, because I know you get fatbergs in a lot of the London sewers, uh, but something that has uh, now been summoned uh, and called. I mean, this could have sunk the Titanic. It's a new... Turdberg. I mean, this certainly isn't beautiful. I mean, this thing's bought the pipe since uh, Victorian days. I mean, what am I going to do? If, if I want to have a light buoy, the whole thing's been a blew up buoy. So, anyway, the, uh, the situation is this. Uh, it, it's really taken five good men and true looking into a hole all, uh, all week, uh, trying to determine where the blockage is. I mean, I did suggest putting down uh, maybe some new of these recyclable metal uh, uh, straws and uh, and trying to blow away the blockage. I mean, you just want to make sure you suck, don't blow. Uh, but it's taken all week, several calls. I mean, he's been up all night waiting for them to call. And finally, uh, finally, the water company called and uh, and they said they'd be out in a few days and uh, try to repair the pipe. So, I mean, that's, that, that was a conversation that he had. But I think finally they've got rid of the rather cumbersome, awful Turdberg that was blocking the pipe since 
Victorian days. I mean, it's it, if you took the Antiques Roadshow down there, they say, well, this is a this is a rather fine specimen here. Uh, this is this is actually uh, 150 years old, and it's a fine example of a uh, of a Turdberg. It's been rather lovely to have you here today. Uh, thank you for joining the podcast, the Saturday edition of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. I'm actually going to go and get my luscious lock shorn. Hopefully I won't be like Samson and lose all of my strength. Uh, But this has been a podcast at uh, Keep Cheese on Twitter, Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese on Instagram. If you want to keep up with all the utterings coming from the butler's mouth and the butler's fingers throughout the week, um, lots of pictures up there and general nonsense and... uh, And a few little shenanigans as well. Uh, But there we go. That has been the podcast. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you for sailing down this little river that I like to call uh, Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. A little bit stodgy, very, very cheesy, but a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, you can take your boat away now and come and join me again on the river next week. And the poem we finish with uh, today, Saturday, May 8th, is Cornish Cliffs by John Betjeman. Those moments tasted once and never done Of long surf breaking in the midday sun A far-off blowhole like a gun The seagulls plain and circle out of sight Below this thirsty, thrift-encrusted height The vain sea champion buds burst into white And gorse torns tawny orange Seen beside pale drifts of primroses Cascading wide to where the slate falls sheer into the tide more than in garden Surrey, nature spills a wealth of healthier kidney vetch and squills across these long-defended Cornish hills. A gun emplacement of the latest war looks older than the hillfort built before Saxon or Norman headed for the shore. And in the shadowless, unclouded glare, deep blue above us fades into whiteness where a misty sea line meets the wash of air. Nut smell of gorse and honey smell of ling Waft out to the sea the freshness of the spring On sunny shallows green and whispering. The windiness with the lark song gives the sky Shrinks at the clang of seabirds sailing by Whose notes are turned to days when seas are high From today's calm the lanes enclosing green Leads inland to usual Cornish scene Slate cottages with sycamore between Small fields and telemasts and wires and poles, with as the everlasting ocean rolls, two chapels built for half a hundred souls. Thank you for listening this week. I'll be back again next week. Cheerio, ladies and gentlemen.